Taiwan reported 104 local COVID infections and 132 imported infections on Friday, both figures being new daily records for 2022 so far. Most of the cases were found in northern Taiwan, with 80 cases in New Taipei, Taoyuan and Jilong combined. The CECC says it is now tracking 20 transmission chains that still have an unknown infection. Let's hear from the CECC. We have the highest figure in local cases in a while, 104 cases. Among them, 12 were found in Taipei, 40 in New Taipei, 20 in Taoyuan, 2 in Taichung, 2 in Kaohsiung, 20 in Jilong, 1 in Xinju County, 4 in Zhanghua, and 3 in Hualien. There are two cases that we haven't been able to link up to any known clusters, so they are each an independent chain. One of them is in Taoyuan, and the other is in New Taipei. Then we have a new, bigger cluster linked to a workshop in Taoyuan, so that makes three new transmission chains with an unknown source. We also subtracted two transmission chains. One of them is the one involving a caregiver in New Taipei's Shengkang, case 22321, whose observation period ended today. Thus, that case is closed, and with the genetic sequencing results that came out today, we traced back the source of infection for a couple linked to a pet item expo in Zhonghua. The genetic sequences of these two cases match that of the cluster in Zhonghe. The couple had previously been in Zhonghe, so we've merged those two clusters. That's minus 2 plus 3, bringing the total to 20 transmission chains with an unknown source of infection. Amid the recent surge in COVID numbers, vaccine uptake has gone up. Booster coverage now stands at 50.12%. The rising daily tallies have also caused many to wonder whether fourth vaccine doses could be administered in the future. The CECC says that Taiwan has enough vaccines in stock and that it'll monitor the situation to make a decision at an appropriate time. With COVID cases on the rise in Taiwan, health officials have been working around the clock to contain the outbreak. And that means that sometimes household chores have to be placed on the back burner. Speaking to reporters on Thursday night, Health Minister Chen Shizhong shared a story of how CDC Deputy Director Philip Luo had requested time off work to do his laundry. The story has resulted in a flood of support for Luo, with some fans of the official, who is still a bachelor, volunteering to do his laundry for him. Speaking to reporters at a Taiwan Friendship Group event, Health Minister Chen Shizhong got choked up speaking about how hard officials were working amid the pandemic. Thinking about it now pulls at my heartstrings. At 11.40 p.m., Lo, who is CDC Deputy Director, asked me, Minister, would it be fine for me to book time off? I said, what's wrong? He said, I'd like to go home and do laundry. Thinking about it brings me to tears. Recounting how Philip Lowe was too busy to do his laundry, Chen expressed concerns over the hard work his team was putting in. But the news about Lowe's laundry situation have caused an outpouring of messages from fans. One comic artist was even inspired to draw a scene depicting a group of women clamoring to help the health official do his laundry. 
a popular group buyer in Taiwan posted a proposal for Lo on Facebook, offering to gift him an 18kg washing machine and a 16kg dryer, as well as a disinfecting closet for his pants, jackets and suits. To the offer of a washing machine, I'd like to first thank that person for their kindness, but I believe there are many people out there who need a washing machine more than I do. In any case, thank you. I speak for our thousands of health officials fighting the pandemic and working on the front line to protect all of us. Many of my colleagues fighting the pandemic throughout the country finish their workday later than I do. Late at night, we are still collecting contact tracing information at centralized quarantine facilities, hospitals, quarantine hotels, and the testing center at the airport. We have colleagues working shifts in constant rotation, 24 hours a day. So I think there is no need for everyone to focus so much attention on me. We are all working as hard as we can to maintain a safe and stable environment where everyone can be at ease. Lowe thanked the public for the attention, adding that many others were in similar situations. Premier Su Chang took advantage of the news to promote the government's new rent subsidies. In my case, if I'm stressed and in a bad mood from work, I'll go home and do laundry with my wife. Talking about the day while we put the clothes into the dryer is a great form of stress relief. Maybe Lowe could give it a go. Now, newlyweds can apply for big subsidies. Now's the time to get married. Health officials are putting all of their energy into keeping the pandemic at bay, and that means that sometimes household chores have to wait. The Transport Ministry says the relatives of the 49 people who died in the Taroko Express derailment last year will receive a combined total of $150 million in damages. The news comes just ahead of the first anniversary of the crash, which was one of the deadliest in Taiwan's railway history. The announcement has reignited calls for more compensation for victims of a previous train accident that killed 18 people in 2018. At an event on Friday, former Transport Minister Lin Jialong suggested that the victims of the 2018 Puyuma crash also be paid for damages. Members of a firefighters association hold up a red uniform shirt, the color symbolizing the passionate spirit of firefighters. However, hidden behind this garment, there is a sad history. The shirt was designed by firefighter Huang Faja, who tragically died last year in the Taroko Express derailment. Seeing everyone wearing this uniform today, I am truly moved, despite my brother not being here to see it himself. Huang was one of the victims of the derailment. Under the influence of his father, Huang took the exams to become a firefighter. Nobody had imagined that before he could even finish training, it would all end with an accident. Huang had previously taken part in a design competition for firefighters' uniforms and received an award for his design. The association's honorary director, former transport minister Lin Jialong, helped to get Huang's design mass-produced to mark the anniversary of the derailment. 1,685 shirts were donated to the Hualien County Fire Department. This is to help his family realize this dream, to allow Huang Fajie's love to live on among us. Though Huang has passed away, his spirit will live on through this uniform, whenever Hualien firefighters are called to the scene. Meanwhile, the Transport Ministry has agreed to families' demands for damages, requiring the Taiwan Railways Administration to pay a combined total of 150 million NT to the families of the victims of the crash. However, the news had been met with contention from the families of the victims of an earlier crash that happened in 2018. 
Transport Minister Wang Guotai, you are very kind to the victims of the Taroko crash. However, for the victims of the Puyuma crash, only two words can describe your handling of things. Very ruthless. In both crashes, the perpetrator was the TRA, and in both crashes, the victims are Taiwanese. Why is such disparity in how the victims in both crashes are treated? When I was Transport Minister, I also used this approach of awarding damages, and we have already increased the budget for that. So I suggest the TRA go back and re-examine the Puyuma case. When the Puyuma case was being handled, could the same spirit have been applied? The TRA saw two major accidents in three years. Many have called on the agency to reform, to make rail transport safer in Taiwan. The Civil Aeronautics Administration has announced price hikes for domestic flight routes starting April 30th. The move comes amid a surge in international fuel prices propelled by the Russia-Ukraine war. Fares will go up by an average of 4.6%, or about 91 NT dollars. The biggest increase is for flights operated by Mandarin Airlines between Taichung and Hualien, which will go up by 154 NT dollars, or 6.6%. The second biggest increase is for Uni Air services between Taipei and Jingmen, which will become 147 NT dollars more expensive, up 6.4%. New treatments for migraines could be the way, uh, on the way thanks to a new study from the Brain Research Center at National Yangming Jiao Tong University. As many as 2 million people in Taiwan suffer from migraines. Many are at a loss as to how to treat the condition. Now researchers say that brainwave scans could help. This figure of a 4.6 billion NT economic loss for Taiwan is rather old. Latest figure from the U.S. is actually 12 billion U.S. dollars. Incredible as it may sound, migraines are believed to cost the global economy 340 billion NT. In Taiwan, 2 million people suffer from chronic migraines. Many take painkillers, which dull the symptoms but don't cure the problem. The major contributor to chronic migraines is too many incoming signals that the brain cannot handle. But now Taiwanese researchers have a breakthrough. The research team analyzed the brain waves and clinical data of 72 study participants. They found they could precisely predict the likely efficacy of treatments by studying the brain waves. Its traditional function is diagnostic, but we can also apply it in treatment as an excellent predictive sign. The participant puts on the EEG cap and closes their eyes. We recorded a natural neurological firing without providing any stimulation. Just five minutes in the lab and the results are out. With appropriate treatments, after three-month study, participants had half the rate of headaches they were experiencing. Then the team realized that they could put a wearable EEG cap to good use in clinics within as little as two years. The data it produces can be sent to a doctor's phone, and an app will tell you directly if the patient's EEG activity is abnormal. Based on that, doctors can swiftly provide a diagnosis in the clinic. Researchers hope their work will contribute to more effective treatments. It's the first study in the world to find evidence that brainwaves could help treat chronic migraines. A campaign launched by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has raised more than 930 million Taiwan dollars, or about 32 million U.S. dollars, to help Ukrainian refugees. The ministry held a press conference on Friday afternoon to share details on the donation drive. Let's hear from the foreign minister. 
Today is the last day to make donations for Ukrainian refugees. In just one month, we have received more than 930 million in tea. Through various channels, the government of Ukraine has expressed its gratitude for this act of kindness and righteousness. We also hope that all Ukrainians will forever remember the help that Taiwan is offering at this very moment. Thank you all. Thank you, Taiwan. The foreign minister said the ministry had already distributed some of the funds raised on March 7 and March 15. That was 10 million US dollars for Poland, 1.5 million US dollars each for Slovakia, the Czech Republic, and Hungary, and 500,000 US dollars for Lithuania. The additional donations collected since will result in another handout for 1 million US dollars each for Slovakia, the Czech Republic, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. The ministry said it has spoken with its partners in Europe to ensure the funds are used to help Ukrainians in need. 20 Ukraine and Taiwan flags line a walkway, attracting passerby's attention. They're a gesture of solidarity for Ukraine from this toy manufacturer. Truly, it hurts our hearts to see Ukraine being bullied by a powerful country and so many people dying. An employee tests a gun masterfully, not missing a single shot. If you look closely, you'll see this little toy gun has an eye-catching color scheme, the blue and yellow of Ukraine. I'm willing to donate all the profits to the National Defense Education Association and not keep a single cent. I'm covering all the costs. Of course, it gives us a sense of honor and achievement. The factory designed this Ukrainian colored gun specially. The gun cloth is decorated with a Ukrainian emblem. Half of the profits from the product will go toward Ukrainian causes and half to Taiwan's National Defense Education Association. You can only ward off war with strength. You can only get to the negotiating table to talk peace if you have strength. If we have national awareness, then we should be able to protect Taiwan. This toy maker is putting his money where his mouth is to support Ukraine, while also raising awareness of national defense issues much closer to home. A Thai Ing-wen friendship group on Thursday held its biggest banquet since the start of the pandemic in 2020. In attendance was former Vice President Chen Jianren, who was inducted into the group's leadership. That and his recent admission to the DPP have fueled rumors that he is returning to politics. Health Minister Chen Shizhong was also at the event, but he kept mum about whether he would be running for Taipei mayor in the upcoming mayoral election. Former Vice President Chen Jianren on Thursday attended an annual banquet held by a Thai Inwen friendship group. He was the main focus of attention. At the event, the president conferred a letter of appointment to her former deputy, inaugurating him as an honorary head of the friendship group. Just a few months ago, Chen Jianren joined the DPP. That and Thursday's recognition have raised speculation that he could be planning to return to politics. Asked by reporters on the matter, he was tight-lipped. <laughs>
The main thing is that, while he was in office as vice president, Chen Jianren had a lot of exchanges with Tsai Ing-wen friendship groups. Since the election in 2016, he has become a mainstay among these friends. So today, he came over to reminisce about old times. At the same time, everyone was very happy that the former vice president has joined the team at the friendship group. The event consisted of 50 tables full of guests, making it the biggest gathering that the Friendship Association had held since the start of the pandemic in 2020. During her address to the group, President Tsai thanked Health Minister Chen Shizhong for leading efforts to keep Taiwan safe from COVID. With the health minister in attendance, COVID protocols were in full force at the event. Face masks remained firmly on even during toasts. At the event, prospective Taipei councillor candidate Chen Jiaxing took the opportunity to take a photo with the minister. He says the health minister could have a good shot at Taipei mayoralty. Most of the time when people see Chen Shizhong, they ask him two things. There's the, how is the pandemic? And then there's the, when are you going to announce that you're running for Taipei mayor? At the banquet just now, there were supporters of Tsai from all around the country. When they saw that the health minister was there, he became very popular. Everyone wanted a photo with him. Even I took a photo with him. I hope he'll announce soon that he's going to run for Taipei mayor. Even around supporters from the party, the health minister remained mum on the issue. It seems there will still be some time before we know who the DPP is fielding to lead the capital. Taiwan will once again exhibit at the Venice Biennale, a prestigious contemporary art exhibit held every two years in the proverbial Italian city. For the upcoming edition, Taiwan will present works under the theme Impossible Dreams. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. At the 59th Venice Biennale, the theme of Taiwan's pavilion is Impossible Dreams. The pavilion will showcase selected pieces from previous Taiwan exhibitions in Venice. It's in dynamic conversation with the exhibition of the previous participations of Taiwan at the Venice Biennale. This exhibition becomes an archive, a space for historical memory to be activated. As well, it is decisively positioned to dialogue with both immediate and deep-seated questions. We are presenting our showcase under the theme Impossible Dream. It will have two main parts. One part will be a presentation of literature, and the other will be an international forum. The theme Impossible Dream expresses hope for dreams coming true. It represents hope. At the same time, it is a response to the turbulence of the global situation. We will explore issues of freedom, history, politics, environment, and ecology. The Taiwan Pavilion will include four forums, which will be held online and at the venue. From 1995 to 2019, we participated in 13 consecutive editions of the Venice Biennale. Different artists were sent to each edition. This time, we will not only present archives in the document display section, we will also feature seven artists who participated in the Venice Biennale in the past. Each artist is unique, but they all have one thing in common. That is, they are good at responding to historical and political issues through their bodies and their actions. The 59th Venice Biennale will be held from April 23rd till November 27th. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.
It's going to be a cold and wet start to the long weekend in many areas of the island, according to the Central Weather Bureau. Temperatures could reach as low as 14 degrees in central and northern Taiwan and 16 degrees in the south. Starting Monday, temps will bounce back, but bouts of rain are still expected in the north and east. Friday was gloomy and drizzly in northern Taiwan as the weather turns cold and wet just before the tomb-sweeping day-long weekend. A continental cold air mass will be moving in from the north on Saturday and Sunday. Combined with a rainy front traveling east from South China, it could cause temperatures to drop to between 14 and 18 degrees in central and northern Taiwan as well as Hualien, where heavier rain is also expected. Southern Taiwan could see brief showers and temperatures between 16 and 22 degrees. Temps will bounce back on Monday and Tuesday, but scattered showers will remain in the north and east. The lowest temperature recorded today was 13.1 degrees in Fugui Cape. In comparison with yesterday, that is from Thursday to Friday, temperatures dropped by 5 to 7 degrees. Starting Saturday and Sunday, wider areas of the island will see rains, which will also be somewhat heavier. Meanwhile, the Freeway Bureau says heavy traffic is expected on early Saturday morning on the southbound lanes of Freeway No. 5. Tomorrow is the first day of the Qingming Festival break. Heavy traffic is expected starting 4 a.m. on southbound lanes on Freeway No. 5. That's expected to persist until 4 p.m., after which the situation will gradually alleviate. The Bureau says it will close select ramps over the long weekend to keep traffic moving. To prevent congestion in main thoroughfares and in areas near cemeteries, officials advise travelers to use side roads to avoid getting stuck in traffic.